So today, today actually it is uh, my testimony about going after the supernatural and miraculous in God. So whew, hold on to your seat. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. I hope that this morning, through my own testimony on how I've grown into believing for the supernatural and the miraculous, I hope that it will help you to get hungry for it and that you would go after it yourself. That's my, my objective, giving you this testimony. So you know a little bit about my upbringing and it's true that right from birth, you know, it's a bit like in my DNA that people around me, my grandfather, you know, my father, they all believe in the supernatural. That's really right there from my birth. Uh, actually, I think as a family, um, generally, we, we literally, I was brought up praying for everything. Praying for, for providence, praying for provision, praying, praying for guidance, praying, praying for breakthrough, praying for healing. Uh, you know, we just were that kind of family. Uh, and that's really thanks to the faith of my own parents that I'm really incredibly grateful for that. Although the fact that right um, uh, from little I've seen people jumping out of wheelchairs and, you know, I heard story of resurrected from the dead. And my own brother, he, one day he went to the, we, we went to the, he was a baby and we went to the doctor and he was really poorly and they did a blood test and he actually had leukemia. Uh, so the, the church rally on a Tuesday evening for prayer, and we just pray healing over him. And uh, my parents returned to do a, another update because they wanted to double check. Nothing. Wow. Yes. Blood completely clean. Mm -hmm. So you know, he was at the time he was convulsing, he was doing the whole thing, you know. And and then he went to absolutely normal and full health. You should see him now. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and so. You know, I have this story, that is true, but still, I had to pursue God for myself. And my story was not enough. And as a teenager, I remember there was definitely two turning points. One point I told you last time, the first point was really that revelation that God loved me. That changed my life forever. That made my faith completely alive and not religion. But the second turning point that I want to tell you a little bit more today is actually... Uh, I made that decision that I would give him my whole life, absolutely everything. That he was not going to be just my savior, but he was, to, he was going to be the Lord of everything. That he will be the one worthy of my praise, my adoration and sacrifice. It was like a bottom line in my, in my, in my life. But you see, I could not have taken this decision about the Lordship of Jesus in my life if I hadn't previously experienced how good he was and how faithful he was. It's easy to abandon yourself, right, when you know how great God is, how much you can trust him. So I think it's by his grace that I was able to take, you know, it's not that I was special or, or I was better than anybody else. It's just I had seen something. I had seen something that, that, that made me take that decision. So it's all by his grace, really. Um, that I made that decision. So even so, my upbringing, I think, and that's true for everyone, we're still there, we have to make a choice. Are we ready to pay a cost? Are we, be, are we ready to lay certain things down? 
or keeping things for ourselves? That's a question I really quickly, quickly encountered. But when I look back, I can see that that decision of giving everything to God triggered in me some kind of holy dissatisfaction, some kind of hunger for the more of God. That's kind of like, I don't know what it is, but I'm hungry. And, you know, I think that was in your testimony as well. I mean, this kind of, there's got to be more. You know, it was like a deep thing from the heart, you know. So something happened in my heart in the surrender. I remember multi -time, multiple times, and it still happened now, a time of worship or surrender where I experienced the absolute heaviness of his glory. You know this moment where you go, whoa, whoa, hallowed be your name. Whoa, Jesus. How mighty, how wonderful it is to be in your presence. The heaviness of his presence. The feeling as well of how I'm feeling completely whole in him. There's wholesomeness in him. You know, that sense of abandonment. So I wanted to be a student of what happened when the presence of God comes. You know, I was reading in the Old Testament, even as a teenager, I said, why is the shaking of glory? I mean... Why well, you read the Old Testament and, you know, suddenly they're singing and the presence of God come in the temple and all sorts of things happen. I'm thinking, wow, just, that's amazing. I want that. I was really <coughs> hungering for that. So in the at the same time, in the surrender, came a deep, deep work in my heart. It's like Jesus was taking a broom and, you know, getting rid of sometimes. So... Jesus delivered me of rejection. He delivered me of feelings of unworthiness. I could give you a lot of testimony about that. He got rid of all kinds of impurity in my life I was dealing with. It had to go. It had to go. And he set me on kind of a path where I was longing and I was really longing to experience worship in the sense of spirit-filled and prophetic and really having more relation of God. That, that's what he did. He did it, you know. Now, on our wedding day, Jimmy referred to that. We were prophesied that we would move in the signs and wonders. Wow, what a word. What a word, I mean, you know, to receive. Frankly, we didn't believe it. We didn't believe that God could use us. That was the problem. So it was like, wow, what a word. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you do with it? What? Yeah. How can he even use us? It was a bit like that. So I actually think we were quite immature. Would you agree, Jamie? I think we were quite immature. And actually, we were more preoccupied by serving God in a good way than getting hold of his promises. So we just went happily to work and serving and do all the good things. But we didn't believe the promise. And we didn't pursue the promise. How stupid is that? <laughs> we, we did that. It's true. You know, it's possible to not enter our promises because we don't believe them and we don't partner with them. And then what happens is we are distracted by other things, other things that can be super good. You know, in themselves they are good, but they're not the perfect will of God for us. So at that time as well, I think I had a very, very passive understanding of the prophetic. It was like, well, if God says it will happen, 
it will happen because he's sovereign, right? So he can make it happen by himself. He doesn't need me, you know? It was a little bit like that. Okay, sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Are we not like that sometimes? And I was like that, honestly. I didn't understand that I needed a partner with the prophetic. So it's effectively years later, probably 10 years later, when we started to believe the promises and partner with the promises that God has given us that we saw the beginning of the realization of the promises. Think about that. Only when we start to believe, only when we start to partner and step out in obedience that we start to see things changing and the promises to come to realization. Thank, I mean, I'm thankful to God that he's extremely patient and extremely faithful. Amen. All right? So 10 years later, God reprophesied to us the exact same thing, but this time we took it more seriously. All right? And we were deeply impacted. Now, at the same time, a few things were happening in our heart as well, which I think is really key for the supernatural and to understand how the supernatural and the miracle uh, work. So we were quite deeply impacted by Bethel. And for me, around that time, the penny dropped in many ways, and two, two major ways. The first one was I, I got this whole revelation that, do you know what? I am a child of God. So I am called to inherit the promises. This is my inheritance. I am not just a redeemed sinner who has just escaped hell. Because how much Christianity preach that? A lot, right? Oh, this is wonderful. You just escaped hell. Okay? But it's not just that. It's actually I am a child of God. I am called to more than this. To a wonderful destiny, destiny as a Daughter of the king. Amen. Can you see the difference yeah. of approach? So yes, we are saved from, but we're saved for something. So that's the first thing that, that started to uh, dwell on me. But the second thing, reading Bill Johnson's book, Heaven Invades Her, I had this massive realization. So hang with me, because this one is a tricky one. Okay, Jesus is fully God, and fully man. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yes. But when he walked the earth, okay, he chose to limit himself. Yeah. He experienced life as a person. Mm -hmm. That's why he was hungry. That's why he was tired. That's why he was tempted yet without sin. He chose to not use his God power mm -hmm. to be as a man. Jamie gave me this brilliant picture. He said, well, it was, it's the same that if you were playing a game of poker, Jesus had a few aces up his sleeve, but he chose to not use them. All right? So, Philippians, that's, I'm giving you the verse, because Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 6 to 8 says, Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of servant being made in human likeness. You see it? I mean there. So the point is, 
This is the profound point that I never understood before 2007, honestly. When Jesus is going around the earth healing the sick and performing miracles after miracles, Jesus is of human likeness and is demonstrating to us how it is possible to enter the supernatural. Because he is not using the God card. He's choosing to not use the God card. What he does is he's demonstrating to us that by walking in intimacy with God the Father, by being obedient to God the Father, by, in, by being full of the Holy Spirit power, he can heal the sick and he can perform the miracle. So what he did is he gave us the how for us now. This is profound. How is it possible to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth now? How is it possible to see more signs and wonders? How is it possible to see healing and miraculous breakthrough? How is it possible that us together, we can do greater things that Jesus did? Like he said himself, he promised in John 14, 12, he says that we will do greater things than he did. How is that possible? Only if he showed us the way to do it, which is he was a, at that side, he was operating as a human, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I thought, aha, here is the key. We need to be connected to the source of power, okay? We need to understand our identity in God, know who we are in God, connected with him, grafted to the, to the vine. Do you remember this John chapter? Grafted to the vine, you know? Loving him, obeying his command, that's very important too, okay? Uh, walking with him in intimacy, okay? And we can do the same that Jesus did. So intimacy with God is the bedrock of bearing fruits. It's the bedrock. I would say there's no sustainable power and fruit without intimacy with God. Okay? People wreck their life. You know, so some people, you know, ministry have power. For, for, and then suddenly... They don't pursue their intimacy and they will wreck their ministry or wreck their lives or wreck other lives. Okay? So it's very important intimacy with Jesus. You see, before, before, I believed in miracle. I arrived from a child. I believe in miracle. But my kind of understanding is I'm going to beg God to do something and he will come and do it. Yeah? So I'm just going to go... Jesus, you're the healer, please come, please, Jesus, Jesus, come, come heal. Okay, now, I am convinced that we, Christian, which is the Great Commission, by the way, we are called to heal the sick and cast the demon. So actually, it's on us. All right? So when I realized that, the hunger came. I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to start by faith and in obedience to pray with the sick. So that's how I realized I'm only going to enter the promises by being obedient, connected to Jesus, and start to obey and walk 
the walk of faith. So throughout the years, I really realized that intimacy was the key for, for entering the supernatural and the healing uh, thing. Now, mm, I'm trying to skip a little bit. Cool. Now, around 2013 and, and 15, in this church, and I realize I don't have my phone and I need my phone. So please forgive me. There we go. So around 2013 and 14 in this church, we started to see a lot of miracle. Okay. And actually, I would say that this church was amended for extraordinary presence of God and extraordinary signs and wonders. That's what we've been told this church would be like. A church characterized by the presence of God with extraordinary signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. And I believe it. I believe it. And so we started to really pursue that. And we start to see many, many people healed. Small things, but also big things. And sometimes we don't really always uh, talk about it. But I thought it would be really great to remind ourselves this morning. So this is only a few examples. One day, Jamie was at the church getting a quote for the kitchen. This man come, completely non-Christian, and for whatever reason, he says to Jamie, oh, I've just been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. So Jamie said, well, let me pray for you. And you know, non-Christian, you do very simple prayer. So he just prayed for this man and said, pancreatic cancer be obliterated in the name of Jesus. And that was pretty much the extent of the prayer. The man went his way. Two weeks later, the man came back, come, came back. And guess what? Cancer completely, completely gone. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. And this is real. This is real. He happened. Now, um, there was a, a, a young woman in our midst uh, who had started to develop really serious symptoms of kind of neurological condition uh, in her brain. So it, it looked like almost like she was getting, going early onset as in know, at 30, you know? She, she was like parking a car and suddenly she couldn't find the car in the parking. And it was started to be really, really kind of hard for her. And one day Jamie was preaching and he just said, I believe God will uh, heal people who have neurological problem with their brains. She went home, uh, and that night she had a dream. And in the dream, she saw Jesus as a neurosurgeon repairing all the wire in her brain. She woke up completely healed. Amen. That happened. That happened. It was there, and the next day it was not there. Then, another one, mind-blowing. Um, so this lady, she uh, continuously have rashes on her hands. Impossible to get the rashes on her hands. Uh, she goes to the doctor multiple times. She's tried multiple cream. That is not going. The rashes are still on her hand. And again, she goes to bed. So you, what we do, we will pray for those. She goes to bed, and in her dream, she gets a word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is... Check your taps. So she gets up 
and she she basically found out that the tap of her downstairs loo, where she washed her hand the most, is made of a metal she's allergic of. That was it. That was what caused the rash. A word of knowledge in her dream. Jesus did that. Jesus did that. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, yeah it is. That's ah. not it. One day, um, it's a funny one. One day somebody came for prayer at the end of the meeting. This person that I know quite well. Um, she said, uh, I am HIV positive. And I just went, uh, I'm about to go to the doctor, but the doctor's very worried because my T cell count just went down so much that I'm about to literally uh, develop the autoimmune deficiency. Okay, so that's pretty serious. Uh, and to be honest, I'm just, what do you do when you, you have something like that? So I just pray the most simple prayer, to be honest, I can't do complicated prayer, I'm French anyway. So I just said something like, I think I said, health to your blood, in the name of Jesus, health to your blood. And that week she went to the doctor and they do, did all the analysis and all the T-camp said we're back to normal. And we saw that person completely transform, like from she was going, we could see physically she was going ill to completely healthy. That is not bad, isn't it? That is not bad. That is not bad. Okay. Uh, another funny one. I'm giving you the, the most because I'm, you know, I, I want us to have a faith level to go up and up and up. Um, one day uh, I, I prayed for, uh, again, a lady came and, and uh, well, it was an interesting case. So our, 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 she comes up and she basically uh, just found out that she has a cancerous cell on her a, on a, on a face in the skin. Okay, so cancerous cell, like diagnosed already. Uh, so we just, just say, just pray really simple, like really just health to the body. Uh, and uh, she went back to the to the uh, oncologist, and the the cancerous cell have completely disappeared, wow. completely. <sighs> but this is just the tip of the iceberg. I give you the headline. There has been um, numerous uh, breakthrough for provision. We know of those. Lots of breakthrough for provision, for jobs, for houses. Uh, I have a really ridiculous testimony of God um, healing me with uh, like uh, verrucas on my, on my feet who had carrying pregnancy and they couldn't be healed. And when I share my testimony, the, the testimony just went pop, 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 like a ping pong game. So somebody said, oh, I love that, oh, I love that, I love that. And then at the result, there was three or four people who had the same miracle thing happening. So we know, we know God answer. God is, you know, his presence is with us and he wants to heal. So at this moment, I just want to pause a second because it was brilliant that Tim made us declare sickness, bow down in the name because it is true. It is all about the blood of Jesus. It is not about us. It's about what he has done. Okay? So I just want to pause now. And if you have shouted something earlier on that you can test, I would like you to test it. 
if you have a pain in your body right now, but you haven't shut it out earlier on, could you put your hand up for me right now? Is there something, you know someone who is ill and you haven't shut it out, or you have a condition, and just put your hand up. Right, okay. I want the person then next to you to put an hand and declare health in the name of Jesus. That's simple. Can you just do that? Yeah? Let's take two minutes, that's fine. The simple prayer, F in the name of Jesus, we pray, we declare. F in the name of Jesus. F in the name of Jesus. And if it's a condition you can test, test it out. Okay? Because sometimes if we have pain, we can test if it's better or not. Sometimes we can't test. I mean, like... The blood disease thing, we can't. We just have to wait for a for a blood test. That's fine. Jesus is not in a, in a rush. We can find out in a month. It's all right. Elf, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Elf, in the name of Jesus, we put everything at the cross. You died for that too, Jesus. You died for that too, Jesus. You are our healer. You are our healer. Mm. Yeah. That's right. We. Thank you, Jesus. Right, is there anybody who can test something? If it's like a, is there anybody who has a condition they can test? And would they be willing to stand and test? No? We good? Good? Okay, cool. Excellent. Whoa. Thank you. Now. <laughs> I would say, for me, faithful obedience is the key. You know the story I've told you about the lady who had a cancerous cell on her skin's face, you know. Um, we just finished washing, I think, and I was really on a high. I was really like bubbly and things like that, and yeah, God is good. And then this person come and say, yeah, I've just been diagnosed with cancer, you know, blah. And my, my heart, I have to be honest, went down to the bottom of whatever it was. I was honestly, I was having this dialogue with Jesus that said, Jesus, this is not really fair. I mean, I'm used to headaches and things like that, and now you're giving that. Thank you very much. Honestly, I was, that's what I was thinking inside. Thinking, what can I do? I mean, cancer, great. I mean, great, thank you, Jesus. Now I've got to pray for cancer. This is, what, this is what's going in my mind. I've got to be honest. Okay. I did say to Jesus, I said, I, I, I don't think I have the faith for that. You know? But you know what? That's the answer right there. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. My faith has to be in God. And God is the author and perfect of my faith. I'm not even the one who generates my faith anyway, so I better be honest and say, whoa, I don't have the faith for that. But thank you, Jesus. You can do it. You see, I think sometimes you only have a mustard seed. 
That was my mustard seed. My mustard seed at that point was literally the stepping out in the act of obedience. It's very important. My mustard seed there manifested in stepping out in obedience. I say, okay, Jesus, I have to be honest. I don't have faith for that. But you say you're the healer. You say we will heal the sick. So I am going to pray. That was it. And the rest is his story. It came through. He did it. You see, I think whatever our feelings, whatever our feelings, whether we feel a lot of faith, whether we feel no faith, the most important is the act of obedience in relationship with Jesus. It's more important. Listen, people are not going to get healed because you shouted louder. Some people think that. People think that, yeah, in the name of Jesus. Surely there's power in that. No, there's zero power. Zero power. Okay? I've seen people shouting even like over people who were possessed and you know, and actually, it's just the, the demons were laughing. Like you could see, because there was no power in that. Then one day, I just came up and said, Quiet in the name of Jesus. And that was it. Because it's not about how, you know, how you, what you feel, or what it's about the authority of Jesus. That's all. That's all. It's about the authority of Jesus. Actually, I have to be really honest. I have noticed that my prayer have usually been more successful when I happened to feel a little bit deflated and I had to be dependent on him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have to be honest, it's true. The rare time where I felt a surge of rara, I'm gonna do it. Well, guess what? Nothing happened. Okay. <laughs> Nothing. So I think that's a journey <laughs> to teach me humility and dependency because how would I handle if suddenly all my prayers were actually answered how would I handle that it's a very important question would I go come to me I'm going to heal no so actually I think you know thank you Jesus that the miracle happened when I didn't feel like it because then I know 100% that was Jesus. 100% is Jesus. There is a pruning of God in the surrendering of the heart. There is a pruning of God. And honestly, I want to grow and I want to have great humility and dependency upon God and also great faith. It will grow. I want all of these things. So we do learn all the times. A few years ago, I realized as well that God speaks uh, all the time and give me words of knowledge. But this is for everyone, by the way, not just me. So, but if you want that gift, go for it. Um, I realized that he was speaking to me like by um, making me physically feel what was going on. So, for example, I would be worshipping completely normally, fine, and then suddenly I would have like a massive pain coming all across my shoulder. And I would know basically that Jesus wanted to heal someone with a problem in their shoulder. So that's how. So again, this was just about, okay, you know, I'm going to step out and be obedient and say, okay, is there anyone who's, you know, sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes 
sometimes sometime you get it right, but the person's too shy to tell you. So sometimes I've said, is there anyone? And I look really foolish because no one is answering. And then at, at the end of the meeting, somebody comes and say, by the way, uh, yes, I was me. Do you want to pray? And they say, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I look stupid, but it's all right. If, you know, honestly, all you have to do is being willing to take a risk. The worst that can happen is that, is that, oh, nobody answered. That's fine. Let's move on. Okay? Now, honestly, I think that it's not always easy and I think regularly, regularly um, I have in my life shrunk back from praying for people whether in the church or in the street. Uh, I would even say at the moment I have not been particularly buoyant at it, I have to be honest. But God is really nudging me to go again with a fresh expectation and to walk deeper with him. When I look at this uh, different season in my life, you know, for various uh, amount of time, um, and, and when I realize that I shrunk back about the praying for the supernatural or, or anything like that, I found mostly four reasons. So I thought you would love to know about those, because we all know these four reasons. Okay. And the three first reasons, they are what I call the big Ds. Okay? Disappointment, dis discouragement, distraction. Duh, 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 duh. Okay, so um, first one, disappointment. There's moments in my life I shrunk praying for the six because I have prayed for something or someone with all my heart, and I've not seen the shift. And in that moment, you can find your heart in a disappointment. Uh, you know. For disappointment, basically. And I have to say, this is particularly tough when it is you pray for family members, people you love, and you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you don't see the shifting. That causes a lot of disappointment. And what you have to do is you have to go and air this feeling with God. You have to go and sit and be honest, you know? And say, Jesus, I am really disappointed. And sit with him. You know, Benjamin said to read the psalm, you know, and, you know, and until it, your heart shifts. Then the second one, the second D is discouragement. So when you have been disappointed a couple of times, I'm almost finished, by the way, so don't worry about the children. Children, you can come in, just be quiet. Yeah, come in. Come in, it's good. So you can be. Um, Discourage when you have repeatedly have disappointment. Discouragement is when your level of hope goes down. And you have to do the same thing. You have to go to God and say, I am super discouraged. And you have to wait for the refreshment of God. Something you need to look for as well is often when we are discouraged, we start to numb our feelings. So you have to be very aware of what you're doing to make sure that these feelings you control this feeling because, and I think distraction comes into place. The third D could be distraction. So for example, if I feel really bad, but I have not dealt with it with God, you know, for me, it's easy or easier to go and watch a Netflix series, you know, because then that's why I'm distracted. I'm watching something fun or whatever. It's not in itself wrong, but, you, but I'm doing that 
instead of going to God and say, God, I really, the reality is I'm really cheesed off. I'm really cheesed off. I'm angry. You've not done it. I look foolish. You know, I'm disappointed and my hopes are rock bottom. You will numb and you will start to distract yourself if you're not willing to unearth the pain. And it's painful, but you have to do the work of unearthing the why. Why is it I'm feeling this way? Well, I, I have to admit, I'm disappointed, I'm discouraged, and now I'm letting distraction in my life instead of dealing with this thing. So that's what I've been, uh, I realize I've been doing in the, in the season where I'm maybe less you know, able to go for the supernatural. There's another type of distraction that can come is obviously the enemy is really good at distracting. So, you know, oh, you know, the car go wrong, uh, something happened in the family, your job become too busy, and then you forget the promises. That's another type of distraction that can happen, okay? And lastly, the fourth ob obstacle I've noticed in my life is what happened in my physical body. I have to tell you, it's absolutely 100% true that when we are not well, it's so more difficult to enter the spiritual realms because we can't, we are human, right? So we feel weak and it's really difficult to tune in. But I would say that Jesus himself took, he took himself apart to pray and to be refreshed. So we've got to do the same. We have to look, when we're tired, when we're not well, we have to look at our physical body and say, okay, time to have a break, time to refresh, time to do something that make, would make me better. Elijah, when he had his big fight, you know, he, he, he went to cry under the fig tree. First thing, he was given food and he fell asleep. He needed that before to go on, on to another journey. He needed the refreshing of God. And that's what we need to do when we're not feeling great before we could fully engage the promises of God. Okay, so I'm going to finish on this. We, as a people, are called to be people of the presence characterized by extraordinary miracle and breakthrough. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Do you believe it? Let's stand. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Father God, I just want to thank you. Thank you for all the evidence of your presence among us. I want to thank you for all the miracles that has happened in the past, for all the breakfast you've given us, for this countless miracle and healing that have happened for the breakthrough about provision, about jobs. We just say thank you to you. you uh, we acknowledge how great you are, how powerful you are. We just want to surrender to you and believing in the more of you, believing in the more of you. Father, I just pray that you would stir our hearts, that you would stir our faith. Thank you that we are called to be people of the presence. Thank you that we are called to see miracles and signs and wonders that they will be in this church, but as well spilled in the street. We say yes and amen. Can you say that? Yes and amen. We pray that.
that you would captivate our hearts with your love, that we will give you all the honor because you are worthy to be praised. Amen. And all the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Amen.